Hey guys, welcome back to We Got Balls. And today, Scott and I just want to sit with you. We just want to uh, share a little bit about what's on our hearts. Uh, Scott, uh, we got to hang out together this past weekend. We did. We got, to, we got to experience some wonderful transformation uh, in the stories of some men that we had the opportunity to spend, uh, what was that, four days, Thursday to Sunday, whatever that is, um, with. Yeah. yeah. And, and it was it was a really amazing experience. And I'll tell you, I've done these weekends for a long time. Uh, I, I got into recovery by having these kind of weekends, these story weekends. And so I'm really grateful to have the opportunity to connect with these men in this way. But what I want to do today is just talk a little bit about our experience, because I think it's really tempting uh, when we get into things like podcasts and books and courses that we're trying to look for um, material or information to bring change. We're trying to look for the we're trying to look for the silver bullet, Chris. Let's just be honest about that. The silver bullet, the magic Jesus, as as, <laughs> as was said this weekend. We're looking for magic Jesus to show yeah. up. You know, just just put some Holy Spirit dust on our heads. The Lord, I'm completely changed in one day. That's right. Uh, I, I'll never drink or smoke again. And so that was the aspect of that some guys come to this and maybe even a few guys this weekend, I don't know, came to this. But I think when we're talking about transformation, what it really takes to change, I just want to spend some time talking together about uh, the dynamics that we experienced this weekend and some of the things that maybe have worked in our own lives that have bring some, brought some change and really created a difference in the growth process. So when you think about the word transformation or heck, when you even think about this weekend, what first comes to mind for you? Uh, the first thing that pops into mind is vulnerability. Mm. And, um, you know, I'm going to be vulnerable now. The weekend started with me on Thursday. Haven't done, you know, you and I had met on this. I'd done a lot of preparation on this. Like what, what kind of teaching material did I need to bring? How, how much education were we going to do? How much experiential? And so I kind of try to over-prepare um, because, frankly, I'm insecure about the fact that I'm just a lowly recovery coach. I'm not a licensed mm -hmm. therapist. I'm not a licensed counselor. I don't have a master's degree. What do I know? Mm -hmm. And, you know, so I tend to um, read a lot of books. I do a lot of continuing education because I have a desire to be really good at what I do. And, and I feel confident that I'm good at what I do, but I'm insecure about my credentialing. So, you know, I did a lot of preparatory work. And then um, there were all the details of the event itself. Putting an event together for four guys is, it requires some logistical stuff. Not my skill set. I'm an idea guy by trade, not the detail. Like, you, if you want me to conceive of a great trip experience, I can come up with a great trip experience conceptually. But do not have me do the travel planning because you will end up on a train going to hell faster than, than you can imagine. And you thought you were going to go to Acapulco for the weekend. So, yeah. So, um, so I need, I need help with that, but I ended up doing it, you know, a lot on my own just to get this done the first time to know what has to go into it, which is fine. I think that's, that's okay. But the, the day rolls around. We got four guys who have paid a significant amount of money and invested a lot of their time in doing this and they arrive. And I had just gotten the news that my wife had been let go from her job. Mm. and she carries our health insurance and our dental insurance and half of the income that we need to make it. And we're raising two little granddaughters and 
caring for their needs. And I felt like a failure. Yeah. And so, you know, we did a check-in, had everybody kind of get grounded and just check in what's going on in your body. What are you feeling? And I think you remember it. I broke down crying and told everybody I felt like a failure. And here you are, you're expecting me to be at the top of my game and I am not at the top of my game. I am facing an existential crisis in my family and I'm really afraid. And that was the end of the weekend, guys. We packed up on Thursday night and went home. Scott wasn't ready. Thanks for telling us. We'll find somebody else for this. And what, um, what, what did you feel in the room after you shared that Scott? Uh, I got a lot of care Mm. and kindness and a lot of tenderness from the other guys. And, um, I think you said it, but ironically, it was the thing that needed to be done to make everybody feel safe for the week Mm -hmm. and ahead. Because we tend to, you know, you go to events like this and you tend to put the guys leading it on a pedestal and not see them. We we, we want heroes. We want saviors. Like, I'm going to, oh, that guy's got the answer. He's got the silver bullet. He's the magic Jesus fairy dust sprinkler. And what happens if he can't sprinkle that fairy dust? I'm not going to be change well let's just be honest we're looking for a dad to show up in the room to say everything is all right and so and we put that on other men but like you said you know the way to to experience transformation is through this idea called vulnerability and you modeled that you you modeled what it meant to show up and say listen i don't know how this is going to work i don't know how i'm going to feel i don't even know how i'm going to i think you used the phrase i don't know how i'm going to show up for the weekend because this just happened blah I vomited. You know what? Yeah. Now you're reminding me of a story. The time that I felt, one of the times growing up that I felt the most connected with my dad mm-hmm. is I was in middle school. I loved my friends in middle school. I had a lot of friends. I was really popular. And my mom and dad, we lived in Kansas City. And because my dad had lost his job, they decided to move to this small town in Iowa where they bought a appliance store and gas station. And the entire town had 3,000 people. There were 80 people in my graduating class. And they were going to drag me up there to Onawa, Iowa. And Mm. I remember just being crushed in my bed, crying. And my dad came up and he laid down next to me. And he just held me. And he wept with me. And I, you can tell it's choking me up even thinking about it. That is one of the only times I felt really emotionally connected with my dad growing up is when he was willing to be vulnerable with me. So why, why am I so surprised? I guess because of the cultural expectations that men are supposed to always have all the answers, never show their emotions, um, always be strong and never admit that they're feeling kind of weak right now. But it doesn't make us feel very safe. No. And I think that's probably the reason why it's hard to remember stories like that is because those were few and far between. And there were many other stories in between where that vulnerability, that care, that presence just wasn't there. And that was, that's my story is that I would have loved to had a memory of my father curling up next to me and being emotional. The only time I ever saw my father cry, saw it, didn't even experience it. I just saw a tear was when his father passed away when I was 30 and kind of the Mm. damage was done by then. Hmm. And it was putting on that mask. And so I think one of the pieces that I've experienced in these weekends and in the work that I've done is 
learning how to be vulnerable. And, and let's be very clear over the weekend, we're not going to tell you who was there. We're not going to talk about the stories of the guys that were there because it was a confidential experience. They showed up and we all pledged to one another that we would not share any of the details that were shared that weekend. But what we can tell you is that in that space, in that safe space, there was the opportunity to do and be exactly who many of these guys had been afraid to ever do and be is, is experiencing the authenticity of what it means to be a man in a high performance world. So what was, what's the word when you think about the weekend Kind of what's the one word that sums up kind of as you think about the whole experience or what, what is it? Yeah. I mean, I think it was attunement. Um, and if you don't know what that means, it's, um, it is an experience where you are able to see someone else seeing you. And it's really unique. I mean, we had that uh, all over the place in different stories that were shared. But one of the things that we modeled for each other in that space was the ability to see and hear and hold space, be present with each man where he was. Uh, and I think a lot of, you know, uh, a lot of porn, I mean, we talk about um, the uh, visual cues that we're looking for. One of the, one of them is faces. And so a lot of times when we're looking at porn, we like to look at uh, boobs and butts and penises and all those other things. But ultimately as human beings, it's about the eyes. Who is seeing me? Who is looking in my direction? Do I feel that they see me? And so for me, just, having the experience of being seen, known, and at the end of the time, blessed, was an amazingly powerful experience from some guys that I highly respect. I mean, these are, these are guys that really, in the, in the world's view, have all their shit together. And yet they are in a place where they can be vulnerable and they can be seen in ways that they had never, ever in their lives, in decades of life, been seen. So that's the word for me is that experience of attunement all throughout those four days. So right on the heels of that, then, you know, we use this term uh, being known. Kurt Thompson uses it a lot, too. What does it mean to be known? And really, it's related to that idea of attunement in that. And we, we, we call it these four things. We feel um, safe with one another. We feel like this is a place where I can be me. I'm not putting on the mask. I'm not trying to hide behind my degrees or my performance or my checkbook or the car I drive or my status or my company position. I am just willing to be here and be who I am. Every part of me, mm-hmm. the good parts, the ugly parts, the beautiful parts, the not so pleasant parts. And I'm willing to be seen with all of that, with all of the complexities and confusion of what it means to be a human being. Um, but I also, so I feel safe, I feel seen, but especially seen in the places where I feel a lot of shame in my life. Mm-hmm. And that was certainly true this weekend where guys were telling their stories of, you know, how they had been sexually harmed, how they had then harmed others out of their sexual harm. And we all have that in our stories. Mm-hmm. We all feel we've done things that are disgusting and shameful. And to be able to be uh, safe enough to be seen in all of that is Mm. incredibly transformative. But then to be soothed, 
Yes. Instead of what typically happens is, you know, when we're, we take a risk and we're vulnerable, growing up, oftentimes we were shamed. Hey, you want to cry? I'll give you something to cry about. Or our normal, naturally developmental emotions were shamed, were ignored. Um, you know, we're, we're made to feel foolish for what we desire and want. And, and so what does that do in our bodies and our neurobiology? It, it creates disruption. Yeah. And so when we have these experiences of not feeling safe and not feeling seen where we feel a lot of shame, you know, it, it unravels us. And so when we want to repair that, we have to be in a place where we can be soothed, where we can be yeah. comforted. And Scott, in that, in that experience this weekend, one of the things that was remarkable is the time that was taken by every man there. I mean, obviously we've got some experience with that. Um, and so I've seen that modeled, and especially I'll speak for myself, I've seen that modeled uh, hundreds of times, but it's the slowness and the softness and then the presence, both uh, emotionally, but also physically. I mean, you know, every guy there hugged every guy there this weekend at some point because, and it wasn't the triple tap hug. It wasn't, I'm not gay. It, you know, it was a true <laughs> soothing. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's how, when most guys get together, you know, if I'm going to hug you, I'm going to give you the triple tap and, and th say those things. But the reality is the, the reason, as we've talked about on the, on the podcast, that many people struggle with same sex attraction or with insecurity with other men is because they never have had healthy masculinity, healthy strength, healthy compassion from another man modeled. And so that soothing piece with guys is so, so important because we saw this weekend where guys felt seen and, and safe. And then they began to be soothed and they started to open up locked doors, things yeah. that they vowed in the moment. I'm not talking about this. This is not coming out. I don't know when I'm going to get to this, but not right now. And then they began to experience a key point, And you, you let in this in their bodies, the feeling of soothing, the feeling of truly being seen, the feeling of really being safe. So now vulnerability ratchets up to a whole nother level. Yeah. I think another key theme of the, of the weekend was what you just said in your body. What does that feel like in your body? Uh, we must have said that 500 times. Every day, every morning we checked in with that. Yeah. And you know, because as men, we tend to be, ex we tend to be focused on the external world. And the only thing in our body that we tend to be in touch with is our genitals. So I'm aware when I have an erection and I'm aware when I'm horny, but I'm not really aware of the presence of anger or fear or shame or grief. Mm -hmm. um, and, and those, those two last two emotions, particularly shame and grief, we witnessed a lot of, that was an invitation this week on weekend to, I think, Think about your story and think about where shame, when you, when, when you look back at kind of the, la the first 21 years of your life and you look at the debris of the ways in which you've experienced harm in your relationship with your mother, your father, maybe your sexual abuser, um, so on and so forth, where do you still feel a lot of the emotion of shame or uh, fear or grief? Where, where have you not grieved your harms? Where have you not been able to name how you were harmed? And so much of what we did, I think, is invite guys to actually feel their feelings, to 
to engage the mm -hmm. stories of harm in a way that was embodied. I'm not going to mm -hmm. just cognitive this shit. I'm going to actually mm -hmm. allow it to penetrate my shields and I'm going to, I'm going to sit in shame with you. Mm. I'm going to feel weak and pathetic and like I don't want to be seen because mm. it's only in that experience of being seen in my shame that I can actually change my neurobiology. If I keep hiding from that, that's, ne that's never going to leave my body. Mm. And the grief is the same way. If I can't grieve the way in which my, my father objectively harmed me, and, you know, this was the other kind of big aha for me of the weekend is, you know, some guys had been harmed by their dads and they'd say, well, I forgave my dad or my dad, uh, you know, apologized to me. And I'll be like, well, how did he apologize? Did he name specifically the ways in which he harmed you? No. <laughs> or when you forgave him, did you name dad? This is how you harmed me. No. And, you know, we're all, we're Christians. So we believe that sin is never in the abstract. It's particular. You mm -hmm. sin against me particularly. I sin against you particularly. There are things that I do that harm you. And so for me to go, hey, I'm sorry, Chris. That's but we're also humans, Scott. And as human beings, we, our bodies remember. Uh, you know, uh, our body keeps the score is a, is, is a phrase that we all know and use. And mm -hmm. nothing is true for me until it's true in my body. And words like, I'm sorry, or would you please forgive me without appropriate repair, which is in saying, I'm sorry for this. I'm sorry when this happened. I'm sorry. I mean, we had a guy this weekend that, that truly modeled this well with his, with his child. And he you know, went and said, I'm sorry specifically for this thing. And it was a great example of what repair looked like from a parent to a child. And yet in our own stories, we've gotten a lot of that, um, uh, I call it more Jesus magic fairy dust apologies. You know, <laughs> I'm so sorry. I'll just, just drop that over you and you accept it. And I'm going to go back and be the same asshole that I've always been. Yeah. But I said, I'm sorry. So just and your it. solution, Chris, is to just forgive and let go, let live and be lived. Yeah. Right. But in my body, my body, I can't. And which gets us to our, our final point is, is until I can experience a true uh, experience of being seen, being soothed, being safe, I cannot be secure. Yeah. And one of the things in this weekend that it was really important to get to is when we get to that level of in that space, in that room with these men, I can say anything, anything. And there were times that, I mean, Florida's both were, were guys were very emotional and very honest and very vulnerable and really transformative moments in their lives to, to, to let the pressure off some extremely stressful and anxiety-ridden memories. And, and there were times where we didn't know where we were going in the conversation. And that comfort, just, uh, that's kind of one of the, like, here's the thing. You have these guys come in and you're, you're all hyped up on wanting to help them change. Guess who changed? I changed. Wow. 
That's amazing, Scott. Yeah. How how could that be? How could you, <laughs> as a guy who I uh, I am a recovery coach, I I can yeah. help guys walk through. How is it that you would change? Uh, be, because I'm in need of change, and one of the areas I need to change is to just get comfortable with not knowing where we're going, and just trust the process, and just trust the being with another person, and going. I don't know where we're going, and I'm really afraid you're going to think I'm a Yahoo, but let's just sit here until something happens that seems like it's a new idea. And it's amazing. Every time I was vulnerable, boom, something happens. Crazy. And man, yeah, that was amazing. And just the most amazing things would come out of that simple expression of weakness and vulnerability that really changed the dynamic of where we were headed at the time. And, and gosh, man, it was so transformative. And then that security, when we talk about security, we're talking about, I feel safe within my body. Mm -hmm. I feel safe in relationship to you. Mm -hmm. I start to change my view of myself. Instead of thinking I'm a worthless piece of poop, I start to believe, hey, there's some goodness in me. There's some beauty in me, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. And to have other guys point that out and like, we're not buying your bullshit that you're all bad, dude. Like, we're all very complex. But the amazing thing to me was, and I love this line, we, you know, I've said this before, is heal the boy and the man will appear. Yep. When we created that, that experience of being uh, safe, seen, soothed, and secure, the little boys came out to play. And they came out to play together. Together. Yes. And we had the most fun and laughter that I have, like, it just, I'm getting chills talking about it now. Like, I don't think mm -hmm. I've laughed that hard. <laughs> in, Dude, in we heard one of the best stories. We can't share it now. Oh. Maybe in future episode, we'll be able to share it with you guys. We heard one of the best stories we've ever heard in our lives. We were rolling around laughing together. And we were, we were creating uh, poems on GPT chat and just... Uh, you know, yeah, just chat being, GPT, Scott, chat GPT, whatever sorry. GPT. <laughs> we, we were being boys. Yes. And that yes. playfulness and the laughter emerged. And you know what I loved about that is because we, we talked about the role that evil plays in our stories and all of our stories. You know, we, we think a lot about, well, I was harmed by my parents. I harmed myself. I did all these sketchy things. But we very rarely give weight to the fact that there's a real evil source Mm -hmm. of chaos in the world. Mm -hmm. we, we called it the chaos dragon, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And, and we even had uh, GPT chat. Create chat a poem GPT, of it's okay. The other way around, <laughs> just reverse it in your mind. <laughs> we had <laughs> chat GPT write a poem what? entitled Ever. Fuck the Chaos Dragon. Fuck the Chaos Dragon, which was hilarious. <laughs> yes. And, um, you know, so it, it was just such a transformative time. But all of the pieces came out of this sense of vulnerability, uh, not knowing, and just being comfortable with being uncomfortable. Yeah. And I, I'll, I'll say this again. And not that there wasn't a structure. There's obviously a structure. There was there was uh, a plan for the weekend, and, and, and it went off beautifully. But the thing that we did there is the thing that we do here. We were kind, we were curious. And it's that, that power and curiosity, that power and kindness 
is the frame in which transformation and growth can really, really happen in your life. We experienced it this weekend. I mean, we just did that over and over. Tell me more. What are you feeling in your body? Uh, be, you know, how, how do you feel like this is, uh, this is maybe being harsh to you or shameful towards you? You know, who gave you that? Whose voice is that that accuses you in that yeah. way? And we asked those questions. Over Who told over you over. you were naked? <laughs> yeah, we, we talked about all that shit. And so it's in that space that, I mean, it's not a whole lot different from what we're doing right now on the podcast. The difference is, is me and Scott and these other guys were sitting in a room intentionally focused on connecting around our stories. And guys, you can talk about doing your story all day long. You can learn about doing your story all day long until you sit in a space with someone else, really a group of someone else's preferably, and are willing to engage with vulnerability and authenticity, what's harmed you in the past, the change, it ain't just, it ain't going to happen. Or let's put it this way. You were wounded in relationship. The only way you can possibly heal is in relationship. Yeah. And so that, that is how you and I have healed uh, and are healing. And that is how we see other men heal. And, you know, we've, we've been willing to engage our own stories, which is why we're willing to engage the stories of other men. Because if you don't do this work, you can't lead anybody down this path, but it's transformative. So, um, yeah, we're, we're just excited to share with you guys what we did. We'll be doing more of these weekend intensives coming up in the future together. So um, just invite you, if this is something you're interested in, to contact either Chris or I and and let us know that you've got an interest in doing something like this. And I think you'll find out that it, it is a very transformative experience if you've never never done this. Or go to wegotballspod.com and you can uh, find out the dates for future um Weekends hadn't quite planned them yet, but hang in there. Check back in a week or two. We'll try to get some things together. We love to have you guys experience this, um, and we love to share in the opportunity to connect with you guys because, uh, I mean, we love meeting new men and building new relationships. I, I can honestly say, every time I do one of these weekends, it is the best weekend ever, and I don't say that flippantly. I walk away from it transformed, changed, blessed in my journey in my experience, because that's the way God created us to be put together, to be, to make things that are beautiful and make things that ha- leave legacies. So uh, it's just an opportunity to do this that you don't want to miss out on next time it comes your way. So thanks for joining us on this episode of We Got Balls and be sure to join us again next time on We Got Balls. Balls? Did you say we got balls? I'm sorry. I, I missed I missed it. I apologize. Say that one more time. So be sure to join us again next oh, time. Oh, be sure to join us again. On another episode of We Got Balls. Hey, guys. And so do you. Take care. Don't forget to subscribe for more episodes. You can connect with Chris at PornFreeMasculinity.com and with Scott at SuccessfulMen.com.